Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. I ask you this morning if you'll open your Bible with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 26. There's a burden on my heart this morning for the word of the Lord. And I believe that this is not just a teaching, but it is a word for many people. Last weekend, during the hurricane, we evacuated to Mississippi and we went to uh, my friend, Pastor Luke Pogue's church in Eupora, Mississippi. And we went to their services that Sunday morning. Got there probably 3 o'clock or 3.30 in the morning uh, in Eupora. And got up the next morning and went to church. Uh, we went to, after that, they had a building dedication service at their new building that they're renovating. And after that, we went to their night service for prayer and, and to seek the Lord and a message and while we were there praying, seeking the Lord, the Lord began to minister this to my heart in such a fresh way that it really is a burden from the Lord. And I believe it's for me. I do. I believe it's for me. But I also believe that it's for the body. And we need to hear that word and to seek the Lord that he would strengthen our hearts and that he would prepare our hearts but this morning, it is not only a need for God to do something in our hearts, but a need for us to respond in faith and obedience. Amen? And it is a warning to us that if we do not respond, if we do not hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches, that we will be caught off guard. And so I ask you that you would open your heart to the Word of the Lord and that you would ask the Lord to speak to you and to minister to your heart. Can we take just one more moment for prayer and for worship? Can we do that this morning? Can you lift your hands with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you. Come and minister to our hearts. Lord, let the anointing come and stir our hearts to faith. Come and stir our hearts to hear and to receive what you would say to us. Help us, Lord, to be in your presence. Help us, Lord, to push all other things out of mind that we might hear you, that we might see you, Lord, that we might receive what you would speak to us and that your words would not fall on deaf ears. Help us, Lord. Saints, sing this chorus with me for just a moment. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you, my one defense, my right. 
righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. One more time, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Sing that verse, where sin runs deep. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, where grace is found, is where you are. And where you are, and where you are. Lord, I am free, this holiness, this holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Lord, we need you this morning. And if you do not come, we will be weak. If you do not come, we will be carried away. If you do not come, we will not hear and we will not see. Oh God, come. And make the word of the Lord alive and real to us. Help us, Lord, to hear and to see and to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Matthew 26, verse 30 to 48, or excuse me, verse 46. Matthew 26, verse 30 to 46. I want to speak to you this morning about soldiers sleeping on the front lines, soldiers sleeping on the front lines. Matthew 26 and verse 30, it says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd And the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there 
and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. Listen, watch and pray. One more time. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. Let those words seep down into your heart. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, For the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I want to talk to you this morning about soldiers sleeping on the front lines. Amen? Soldiers sleeping on the front lines. There is a warfare that we have been called to face in this Christian life. The Christian life is one of a battle between two kingdoms and two kings. It is Jesus and the devil. It is sin and righteousness. It is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. It is the kingdom of truth versus the kingdom of darkness. And if we have been called into this kingdom, then we are to be citizen soldiers who engage in warfare. We are to fight the fight of faith. We are to war with truth and righteousness. And we've been called to fight the fight of faith. And we cannot afford to be sleeping on the front lines. We cannot afford to be unaware of the battle that is facing us. There is a battle and those who are caught off guard will lose that battle. Amen. I want you to think with me. This is so serious. Don't think I'm just up here preaching. You think about the people that you've seen walk with God and talk with God and see the works of God and they prayed and heard the voice of the Lord and they knew the word of the Lord and yet sin has 
has overtaken them. You think about those that were walking with Christ but are now backslidden. You thought about those who were like a tree planted by rivers of living water and their fruit came forth in its season and their leaf, their leaf didn't wither and now they're dried up, shriveled up and dead in their sins. Think about those who were with God and are now walking away from God and you remember that your flesh just like their flesh. Amen? You remember that you are susceptible to temptation just like they are. And the word of the Lord says, if any of you think that he stands, take heed lest you fall. Amen? How many times have we seen Christians or preachers or well-known people fall and when you talk to them, they say, I never thought that it would be me. I saw other people fall. I saw other people walk away. But it's easy to believe that their intentions were not good. But they think about themselves and they think, I love the Lord too much. I'm walking too closely. I know too much of the Word of God. My prayer life is too much where it ought to be. I've been so touched by the Lord, I could never go back. And then they're surprised when they fall. And that is why they fall. Because they are not aware that they are susceptible to temptation as we all are. Amen? And so so I say to you this morning, we need to be on guard. We need to be aware. There is a warfare that we are fighting. And we must be awake. And we need to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Watch and pray. And pray. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Be aware that there is an enemy. You need to be looking for that enemy. And you need to be spending time with the Lord. Communing with the Lord. Hearing the voice of the Lord. Having the discernment of the Lord. Allowing the warning signs of the Holy Ghost to stir up your heart. And say there is an enemy right on the other side. And you need to be watching and praying. So that the Lord can give you strength. Amen. Oh, I hope that your heart would take serious the word of the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you that you would speak to us. I ask that you would quicken our hearts and our minds and that you would help us to understand, God, the calling that you have on our lives to walk with you. But to walk with you, we must endure temptation. To walk with you, we must be wise. To walk with you, we must be aware that there is an enemy and that there is a tempter, that there is an accuser of the brethren. Lord, we must be sober and vigilant for our adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Help us, Lord, to be aware and to be cautious. Teach us, Lord, to watch and to pray. Have your way in us tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I want you to be aware of something with me tonight. As you read this story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, as you see this temptation come, as you see this struggle and this difficulty come, this moment of trial, Jesus is continually warning his disciples, this hour is coming. He's telling them, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. I'm going to be betrayed. This is going to try you. This is going to be difficult for you. You need to be watching. You need to be aware. And for days and hours and repeatedly over and over again, Jesus tries to prepare the hearts of the disciples that a warfare is coming their way and they need to be ready. Amen. 
amen, can I tell you, if you're listening to the Lord, if you're talking to the Lord, if you're looking in His Word and you're spending time with Him in prayer, the Lord will let you know about the things that are coming up in your life. Amen. The Lord will speak to you. The Lord will warn you. The Lord will let you know that things are coming that you're going to have to face. Amen. He'll tell you, you need to be careful. You need to be watching. You need to be aware of what's going on. And we see that no time is so easy to be tempted and discouraged as when we're tired and weary. When our emotions are raw and our bodies are tired. Amen. Can I get a witness this morning? There's no time that you're so susceptible as when your emotions are raw and when you're tired. You see in these verses that it says that they were very sleepy. They were very tired because it was late in the evening. It was beyond midnight and they were tired. But if you look at another gospel, I believe it's Luke, it will also tell you that they were tired for they were sorrowful. They're hearing the words of Jesus. They see what Jesus is telling them. They don't understand it. They're confused and they're seeing Jesus weep and cry and their hearts are tired and exhausted. And so they're physically tired and they're emotionally raw and they don't realize that they need to be on guard because temptation is right around the corner. And this hour of tiredness and suffering was right for spiritual warfare. Satan uses such times as this to attack with deception and temptation. Can we get this mic turned down a little bit? I know I keep pulling it away from my mouth. Give me, keep it where it needs to be and I'll, I'll practice. Amen. Satan uses such times as this to attack with deception and temptation. This is a theme that you see in Luke, and it's tied together in Luke. Look at the build-up. Consider in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Jesus is there fasting. Jesus is there praying. And while he's weak and while he's tired, the devil is continually nipping at his heels, continually whispering into his ear, continually trying to get Jesus to give in. And it says in verse 2, And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Satan chooses the moment when Jesus is physically tired and weak to come in and bring temptation. Amen? And we see that he does this three times. He does it with turning the stones into bread. He takes him up onto the mountaintop and shows him the kingdoms of the world. And he says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. He takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says, cast yourself down. For the word of the Lord says he will give his angels charge over you, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. They will bear you up. And all three times he is appealing to Jesus' desires and he is appealing with a lie. He is appealing to his desires and he is appealing with a lie. Every time he works with temptation and deception. Amen? And James says that we are drawn away by our own lusts. Amen? And so we have appetites. We have desires. God-given appetites. Not even sinful desires. Even godly desires, but Satan comes in knowing our desires, knowing our appetites, and tries to tempt us with getting even what God promised us in an illegitimate way. 
Amen? And so he comes to him with a temptation and with a lie. He comes to him saying, Jesus, I know that you're hungry. If you just turn this stone into bread, use your divine power apart from the will of God. Step out from God's authority and do your own thing. And he says to him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, takes him up on a mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, if you will just bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these kingdoms, right? He knows that Psalm 2 promises that to the Messiah, all the kingdoms of the earth will be given, that the nations will be given to him as an inheritance, that Jesus is here to rule over the earth. And he says, you don't have to go to that nasty old cross. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through difficulty. You're the son of God. You deserve these things. Just fall down and worship me. If you only do that, you can have this one thing, temptation and deception, temptation and deception. And then finally, we see him brought up to the pinnacle of the temple and he's tempted with this idea don't you want to be worshiped don't you want to be praised don't you want to be honored shouldn't everyone know how special you are shouldn't everyone know how amazing you are do this sign do this wonder and get the approval of men he tempts him with what he knows that he wants and he tells him god will understand he's given you the angels charge over you and god will back this up Every time, temptation and a deception. And the word of the Lord speaks in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 of the deceitfulness of sin. With every sin, there is a deception. Amen? With every sin, there is a deception. With every sin, there is a lie. If you only get this, you'll be happy. If you only get this, you'll be satisfied. There's some desire that you want, and the only way to get it is through this illegitimate means. Isn't that what Satan offered to Eve in the garden? If you only eat this fruit, you will be like God. You will not surely die. I'll appeal to your appetite and your desires and I'll offer you a lie. And if you believe that lie and pursue your appetite, you will be happy. And it is a lie. And we see this spiritual warfare of Satan happening behind the scenes that other people don't see. Amen. This is the gift of the discernment of the Holy Ghost that when other men don't see what the devil's doing, God gives us his perspective from heaven. Amen. Just like Job. You realize Job didn't read the book of Job before he suffered, right? Job didn't know. God never came down and said, hey, I had this whole conversation with the devil. And basically we kind of made a bet about your life and you're going to do this thing and and you're going to suffer, but I'm going to show that you're faithful. He doesn't tell him what's going on. This is a behind the scenes look at what's going on in Job's life. And the disciples are unaware of what's going on. But the word of the Lord is telling us what's going on. We see that in Luke chapter 4. But we see in Luke 22 of this same story where Jesus gives an insight to the disciples to let them know that what is happening to them is a warfare and a temptation from the devil. In Luke 22, right before they go to Gethsemane, it says, Luke 22, verse 31 to 34, Jesus says, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has demanded or desired to have you that he might sift you 
like wheat. Now in the Greek, these words, you, he's desired to have you, is the plural. And so he's saying he's desired to have you and the disciples, that he might sift you and the disciples like wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you singularly, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. You will deny three times that you know me. And he's telling him, I'm letting you know up front there is a spiritual warfare that's going on. Satan is working behind the scenes and he wants to sift you. You know what you do with the sifting process? You sort through what's good and what's not good, right? How many of y'all still cook with that sifter that you put the flour in and you, you sift it to make sure anything that's not well ground up doesn't get in and make the, the cake or whatever you're doing, the biscuits too lumpy? You get those clumpy things out of there. And that's what sifting is. It's to sort through and to get the good from the bad. And he's saying... Satan believes that you're bad. Satan believes you're not going to walk with God. Satan believes that you're going to give up. And he wants to prove, just like he did, tried to do with Job, that you're not going to obey me. And he doesn't say, hey, I'm not going to let him sift you. He says, I'm going to let him sift you, but I've prayed for you. Amen? I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. He didn't say, I prayed for you that you might not fail. You've got a choice to make, Peter. You've got a choice to make, but I'm praying that your faith would not fail, that you would learn to trust me and walk with me. And so we see that there is a warfare that's going on. We see this even further in Luke 22, verse 53, further on. This is after Jesus has prayed. He's ended it. He's told his disciples to come with him. Judas and the others come to take Jesus captive. Luke 22, verse 53, it says, When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour, listen, and the power of darkness. He says that this is your hour and the power of darkness. God has orchestrated this and he's allowed your evil hands to come and to take me. This is your hour to do the things that you want to do, to plan to do, that you think are going to fulfill your purposes, but they're really going to fulfill God's purposes. And this is an hour that there is great spiritual power a dark spiritual power that is at work to bring deception, to destroy, to tempt, and to discourage. And the disciples were unaware. Jesus warned them over and over and over again. There's a darkness. There's a temptation. There is a fight that is coming. Satan has desired to have you, to sift you like wheat, to prove that you don't have faith, that you don't know God, that you're not going to walk with him, that you're going to give in. And they're not aware. They won't pay attention. And what happens? What happens in this story? Jesus warns them in verse 33 of this passage, Matthew 30, Matthew 26, 33. Or excuse me, verse 31. He says, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. 
And you could almost ask the question, well, if Jesus is telling them that they're going to fall away, if Jesus is telling them they're not going to pass the test, why do you tell them to stay awake? Why do you tell them to resist in temptation? Why do you say watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation if you've already told them, guys, you're going to fail the test and you're going to give in to temptation? Because you can ask any of our teachers here, they start teaching and telling their students what to do knowing that the first few times that they try, they're probably not going to get it. Amen? And Jesus' point is, I'm not giving up on you. One failure is not going to be the end of it all, but I'm teaching you how to resist. I'm teaching you how to endure. I'm teaching you what it looks like when spiritual warfare is on the horizon. I'm teaching you to face your problems and not run away from them. I'm teaching you the shortfalls and the weaknesses that are in you so that the next time it happens, you can stand strong against it. Amen? Amen? So I'll just say that to you because I believe there is a warning in my heart for us. I believe there's a warning for me. The Lord has been dealing with me about that because I'm tired and I'm weak and I've got my weaknesses. Amen. And I I don't want to fall. Amen. I've fallen before because I was tired and raw and I don't want to fall again. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I've not gone through that and I'm hearing that and maybe you'll fail. I don't know. I'm believing with you that you won't. I'm believing with you that you'll pass the test and you'll learn to walk in Christ. But that one failure is not the end. Amen. Jesus says to Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And when you repent, amen, you're going to fail. But when you repent, when you're converted, when you return, restore your brothers. Amen. You go to them. You don't let them sit there in their mire and dirt and their, their mud and dirty and you just leave them there. You find them and you restore them. Amen. There's a work of grace to be done. And so he tells them, you're going to fall away. You're going to fail. And Peter answered him, though they all fall away from you, I will never fall away from you. And he says in verse 35, Peter told him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. This is the work of Jesus to expose their hearts. You believe that you love me with all of your heart, but you don't realize how weak that you are. You don't realize how much confidence you have in the flesh. You believe that your ability to stand rides on your ability to be committed. You think that you're strong enough to follow through with all of your convictions. And so Jesus gives them the warning. The spirit indeed is willing. The desire is there. There's a desire to follow me. There's a desire to obey me. There's a desire to be faithful. But you don't realize how weak you are in your own flesh. Amen? Oh, Jesus is fighting to get rid of all confidence in the flesh. Amen? Jesus is fighting to get rid of our confidence in the flesh. Amen? Oh, I'm trying to preach to you this morning. Jesus is fighting to get rid of your confidence in the flesh. Jesus is trying to teach you that you're weaker than you think you are. Jesus is trying to teach you that you're more susceptible to temptation than you think that you are. And thinking that you're strong is what inevitably will lead to your fall. Amen? And that's why we say, Lord, I'm weak. Lord, I'm helpless. Lord, I need you. That's why the Beatitudes of Jesus don't say things like, blessed are the rich, for they have all that they need. No, blessed are the poor, for they will receive the kingdom. It will be given to them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Not blessed are those who are full and say, I have need of nothing. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty 
for righteousness. Those who don't have it in themselves, for they will be filled. They will be satisfied. Jesus says to one of the churches in the book of Revelation, you say that I am rich and increased with goods. I'm well clothed. I have need of nothing, but you are poor and blind and miserable and naked. You don't know how weak that you are. Amen? We think that we're strong because we're treading water in an American easy Christianity. But I wonder how many of us, if we were taken to Afghanistan two weeks ago, would still be walking with the Lord today. I wonder where our heart would be today. I wonder where I would be today. That's all that I could think about when I was in India and seeing the ministers and the preachers that were there knowing that they might die. When I'm preaching, and for a moment I thought that I had courage because while I'm preaching, there are five Muslim men standing in the back threatening to throw stones at us and to cause trouble. And I was willing to stand up and preach righteousness. And then it hit me, you know, I get to leave. I'm here preaching truth thinking that I'm bold and I'm righteous and I'm taking a stand and I'm not worried, but I'm an American. Maybe they're not going to bother me and they're just going to hear everything that I say and get mad and then wait till I'm gone and come and find Pastor Blessing. Now that's the courage. And he says, the spirit is willing. You want it. The flesh is weak. You don't realize how weak that you are. You don't realize how susceptible you are to temptation. And so what does what does Jesus say to them? Jesus says to them in verse 30, 38 says then he said to them my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Remain here and watch with me. Jesus brought Peter and James and John into his inner circle with him into Gethsemane. And he's going to pray. And he doesn't say just to watch and pray. He says, watch and pray with me. Watch and pray with me. You need a communion with me as I pray and I seek the Lord. Can I tell you, our prayer, part of our prayer is fellowship with the Lord and letting Him share His heart with us because they would have learned how to resist temptation if they had heard what Jesus said. Amen? If they heard Jesus say, Father, I... I know the cup that is going to be handed to me. I know what is in the cup and I'm prepared to drink it. And I'm telling you, I don't want to drink the cup. But if it can't pass from me, not as I will, but as you will. If they had learned to pray, not as I will, but as you will, they would have stood the test of time. Jesus says, come and remain with me. Come and watch with me. Come and seek the Lord and fellowship with the Lord and do inventory in your own heart and recognize your self-will. Jesus is recognizing, I see the cup. I don't want the cup. I, I, my heart pushes the cup away. But in faith and obedience, I say to the Lord, I'm willing to take the cup. And the disciples didn't get that lesson. They didn't get that lesson. Jesus is sitting there agonizing in prayer, sweating great drops of blood, feeling the sorrow and the anxiety and the grief flood his heart and he deals with it. He deals with the temptation. He deals with his desires. He deals with every temptation that's pulling him away from the will of the Father. He faces it 
And then in obedience, he says, not as I will, but as you will. Do you remember what the scripture says? It is fitting that Jesus would learn obedience through suffering. Amen. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. It is one thing to obey when everything's good and happy and easy. Amen. It is another thing entirely to obey when it's hard and it costs you something greatly. Amen. And so Jesus said, come and pray with me. Watch with me. And as he prays and he speaks to God, it says in verse 40, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. You couldn't watch with me for one hour. Is your flesh so weak? Are you that tired that you couldn't give to me one hour? And what does he say? Verse 41, he gives him another opportunity. He warns him again, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus is telling them that they need to watch and pray. These two words, watch and pray. You need to watch. Your eyes need to be on the horizon. You need to be aware of what's coming. In tactical or military terms, they call this situational awareness. Situational awareness. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, a ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? You ever heard that before? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? They'll teach you. If you listen to military or tactical advice, people will tell you, you know, some people who get concealed carry permits or carry guns think, oh, that means that they can walk down the middle of a dark street that looks real bad and, well, I'm brave and I'm strong and I've got a weapon. I'm going to walk down there. If anything happens, I'm ready to take care of it. No, part of the tactic is avoiding the problem in the first place. Amen? So some of you ladies may wonder because this happens with me. Sometimes you get to a gas station and you tell your wife, hey, I'm getting out of the car. As soon as I get out, I'm going to shut the door. You lock the door and you look at what's going on around you. If someone comes up, you don't recognize them. Keep an eye on what's going on. If you get uncomfortable, beep the horn. Pay attention. We'll pull up to a gas station. If we're traveling, it's 2 in the morning and most of the lights are out. Nope. I will drive down the road and find another gas station that has the lights on because I'm not ignorant. I'm aware that evil could be lurking around the corner and I want to be watching. I want to be aware. There was a couple in Baton Rouge at a gas station that was walking out of the gas station, not paying attention. And man, we found this out doing prison ministry in Angola and ministered to the man there that killed this man and his wife because they walked out of the gas station and he came up to them with a pocket knife, carried them around the back of the building and killed them. They weren't paying attention. He wasn't aware of what was going on. A ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Pay attention to your surroundings. Know what's going on. How many of you have ever noticed that that's what Gideon used as the defining mark of who he wanted with him and who he didn't? You remember that? God said, take the men down to the waters, 10,000 men, and I will test them for you there. 10,000 men. And he says, take the men, mark the men, that when they get to the water, they get down on their knees and they drink the water right out of the lake. And then he says, notice those who reach down with their hand and pull the water up to their mouth and drink it and lap it out of their hand like a dog. And the point was, those that don't have situational awareness, you're here to fight. And you're just going down to the water, putting your face in the water, not paying attention to what's going on around you, and you're not ready for this fight. 
but the men that are willing to say, I'm aware danger may be right on the other side and I'm ready to confront it. I'm ready to address it. I'm ready to deal with it. I'll reach my hand down in the water and pull it up to my mouth so that I can keep my eyes on the horizon so that I can protect me and those that are around me. He says, Gideon, those are the men that you want to take with you. Amen. Those are the ones that were ready to fight. How many of you remember David, the warrior, the man that was able to fight, slay every giant, slay every foe, could go into battles with greatly outnumbered opponents and still win? But what got him was when he put his guard down. It was the time for the kings to go out to war and he had a duty and a responsibility to his people to go out and to face the fight. And he had just been fighting for so long and he thought, you know what, I'm just tired I deserve a break. I'm going to stay home and rest. I'm going to stay home and take a break. And one night he's just wandering out on his roof, got not a a whole lot to do, just waiting for a report to come in to tell him what to do. He's got his guard down, and all of a sudden there's Bathsheba on that roof bathing right in front of his eyes. And he didn't have his guard up. Normally rest in the Bible is described as a blessing, isn't it? It's described as a blessing. God created everything in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And part of the inheritance was the people of Israel that every seven days they got to have a rest. And then every seven years they were to give the land a rest. And then every 49 years on the 50th year they were to have a year of jubilee and forgive all of the the debts that were owed and everybody was to take this year of rest. It was a sign of blessing. It says in the Psalms, "He He gives His beloved rest. Get to bed early. Go to sleep early. Enjoy your sleep. Amen? Sleep is a good thing. But if you knew that what was usually a blessing, going to sleep, if you knew that somebody was going to break into your house in the middle of the night, would you take a nap? Would you go to sleep? The Bible describes Satan, particularly in three different ways, as an animal, as a serpent, as a lion, as a wolf. All three of these are ambush predators. You know what they do? Ambush predators wait until you're not looking. They creep up very quietly, very slowly. They wait till you're resting. They wait till you're at ease, till you're not paying attention. You're not looking. You don't know what's going on. And then it pounces because you're not expecting it. Amen? You're not expecting it. You're not prepared. You're not ready. And it catches you off guard. How many of you have been caught off guard before? And you end up doing things that don't reflect your character. Don't reflect your priorities. Don't reflect your desires. Don't reflect who you believe yourself to be and who you want to be. But because you're off guard, you weren't ready. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody that's not paying attention. 
He's looking for somebody that's not sober, not clear in their thinking. He's looking for somebody that's not vigilant, not paying attention, not aware of the circumstance and the situation that's going on in their life. He's looking for somebody who's got their guard down, somebody who's tempted with something, thinking, I'm good, I can resist, I don't have a problem. I will be able to walk out my convictions no matter what happens. He says, seeking someone he may devour. Literally, that word means to swallow whole, to consume. If you're not watching and careful and aware and sober and vigilant, the idea is he doesn't even have to bite you and wrestle you to the ground. He'll be able to swallow you whole in a moment. It's not even a fight. You're just consumed. How many of you know what a cold war is? They still teach history in in some schools. I'm not sure about everywhere, but in some schools they still teach history. You know what the Cold War is? You remember? The point of the Cold War was not that the war was happening in cold places, right? It's Antarctica and Serbia and places like that. The point of the Cold War is we're not really fighting, we're not actively engaging. We're not necessarily trying to come in in a bold way into each other's territory, but we've declared war on each other and we're sort of cold and the way that we're fighting is not outright attacks, but we're just testing our limits. We'll test the border here. Oh, you push back. We'll let go. We'll test the border here. Oh, you didn't push back. Well, I'll push that in a little further and push it in a little further and push it in a little further. Okay, I'll set up a beachhead here. Rather than fighting with missiles, we'll fight you in the markets. Rather than fight you with guns, we'll fight you in the media. Rather than fight you with tanks, we'll fight you with lies. And we're just trying to chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away. And could you imagine being in a war for decades and the people on the front lines trying to stay vigilant? It becomes easy to say, well, we're on the front lines, but there's not really any fighting going on. We can sleep and we can not be worried. We can sort of ignore everything that's going on and not pay attention. And American Christianity has found a way to turn the fight with the kingdom of darkness into a cold war. It's heating up. I can tell you that. It is heating up. But right now we feel like we, we can just be at peace with the enemy and we say, I'm, I'm not going to try and fight you directly. You just let me and my family be blessed. Let us have our home and our family and we'll be content and we'll be happy. We're not vigilant to fight for souls. We're not vigilant out on the street preaching the gospel. We don't want to take a stand for righteousness and for the truth of God. We don't want to have prayer meetings. We don't want to seek the face of the Lord. And those that act like a war is still going on, we think that they're weird and, and, and they're just exaggerated and they're dramatic and they're just trying to be over-spiritual. And calm down, the war is not that serious. But inch by inch by inch by inch by inch, the devil pushes in. And we lose a soul here and a soul there and a soul here and a soul there. Can I tell you, I don't know too many people who are walking away from the Lord or denying the Lord because they believe that if they do, they're going to lose their life. But I know a lot of people who've lost it 
just chasing the pleasures of life, just chasing their own attitudes and their own desires, chasing their feelings, chasing money, chasing convenience. Their hearts are just slowly drawn away and they're just picked off one here and one there. And it's not a crash and burn. It's a cold war. The plane's not hitting the air and it crashes to the ground and everyone goes, oh no, we lost a battle. No, it's just sort of sneak in, take someone out, drift away. Sneak in, take someone out, drift away. They caught in a fence and they walk away. They started loving money more than the Lord and started making that a priority instead of following the Lord. They started making living for themselves more of a priority than living for Jesus. And it's just easy little camouflage things that sneak in because they're sleeping. They're sleeping. It is a dangerous thing to be asleep. If you're woken up in the middle of the night... Do you think that you're able to make good decisions or do you feel like your judgment is clouded? Would you want to be woken up at 3 a.m. and told, hey, here's a new contract for the mortgage on your house. You've got five minutes to read it and then you've got to make a decision and sign. Would you want that to happen at 3 in the morning? Unaware, mentally unprepared, caught off guard, kind of foggy? Or would you want some notice to think and to consider, to pray? Would you want it to happen in the middle of the day when you know that it's coming? Jesus is warning them, it's coming, stay awake. It's coming, be watching, be aware. It's coming, the devil's coming, the enemy's coming, temptation is coming. You're going to get sifted, wake up. Oh, we're tired, Jesus. We're tired, we just want to sleep. He gives His beloved rest. Right? Give me rest. Okay. You can sleep. You can sleep. You notice the next time when Jesus came back the last time, He didn't wake them up. He just left them. Okay. I'll go back and pray. I wonder how long Jesus has been trying to wake some of us up. Can I tell you one of the problems in the church today is that we have so many sleepy people that it becomes rude to make a lot of noise. It becomes rude. You get enough people sleeping, everybody's got to be quiet. Everybody's got to be careful. You can't try to wake anybody up. Can't turn the lights on. Can't get everybody awake. It develops a culture of sleepiness. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, tells them that they're sleepy. Those who are living for sin, those who are allowing temptation to come in, those who are not fighting the good fight of faith, he tells them they're sleepy. And he tells them it's time to wake up. He says in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time or redeeming the time, for the days are 
evil. It is not time to be asleep. It is time to be awake. Time is running out. It is time to be working. It is time to be active. But you're asleep and you're not aware of what's going on and I'm trying to jolt you. And this morning I say to you that the Lord's trying to wake some of us up. The Lord's trying to get some of us awake. And I can tell you this, what the Lord's been dealing with my heart about is I'm sleepy, I'm tired, my emotions are raw. There's just a lot happening. Amen? Nobody's fault. It's just life. Life gets tired. Life gets weary. Amen? I can tell you I'm tired of sleeping. I'm not going to be asleep. Everybody else can sleep if they want to. I'm going to be awake. Amen? We need to make up our mind. The church might be sleeping. People around us might be sleeping. My wife might be sleeping. My husband might be sleeping. My family might be sleeping. The people on the pew behind me might be sleeping. The preacher might be sleeping. Everybody else might be sleeping. But I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be aware. There's an alarm going off in my heart and I don't want to hit the snooze button again. I don't want to be drowsy. I don't want to be weary. I don't want to be unable to be shaken awake by the warning signs of the Holy Ghost that are trying to tell me, Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. It is time to watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Watch and pray. And I tell you, we have so many examples of those that did not watch and pray and they were brought into temptation and they believed the lie. Amen? A few months ago, something happened that grieved me to my core. How many of you know who Ravi Zacharias is? A man, I've listened to hundreds of his messages read dozens and dozens of his articles, thought the world of him. He's one of the greatest apologists that Christianity's ever known. His philosophy, his thinking, his wisdom, his biblical insight was so profound and so touching. And I remember when he died and he passed and they had his funeral, I remember thinking, praise God, a general that went to his grave without a scandal. And then just a few months later to find out there were different articles over and over again. Even his own ministry confirmed these were not just rumors. But the man was in deep, awful, evil, sexual sin with dozens of women. Even some of them young women who were college students that his ministry paid for their college and, he, and their dorms. And he used that to manipulate them into a sexual relationship. He even told one young lady, if you tell anyone what happens, what we're doing, it could cost millions of souls to fall away. You can't tell anyone. And he told one young lady, he said, I believe I've sacrificed so much, I've served so much, I've paid so much to do this work of the ministry that this is my reward from the Lord that he would allow me to do this. Because I need relief and I've gone through so much. The deceitfulness of sin. Someone who was asleep for over a decade allowing these things to happen in his life. And how much it has destroyed. How much it has wounded. When I read that report, me and my wife sat at my bed 
and read through it and bawled like babies and wept and mourned and creeped. How could someone who knew so much, how could someone so touched of the Lord, so used of the Lord, and while we were sitting at the side of that bed, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, if you think that you stand, be careful lest you fall. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Don't think that you're unable to fall. Don't look at Peter. Don't be like Peter and say, I can see them falling. I can see Matthew falling. I can see James and John fall. I can see it in them. I can believe it in them. But none of you love, none of them love you like I love you. None of them are as committed as I'm committed. None of them are as strong as I'm strong. Jesus, I'll go with you even to your death. I could never betray you in betray you in that way. There's other ways I may fall, but Jesus, I'll never fall in that way. Watch and pray. Watch and pray when you're weary. When you're tired, notice that the man was weary and tired and thought, this is my reward from the Lord. I'm tired and so it's excusable. I tell you, there is no excuse. There is no excuse. Is there grace? Is there understanding? Is the Lord willing to come and find you in the mud and get you out? Yes, but that is not an excuse. It is God's willingness to give you power to deliver yourself from sin, not an excuse for you to stay in your sin. Watch and pray. And I say to you this morning that what the Lord is speaking to my heart and I believe what He's speaking to the church is watch and pray. There is an hour of temptation that is upon us. There is an hour of failure. There is an hour where the devil is at work and he would bring division. He would bring gossip. He would bring slander. He would bring temptation. And in ways that you think I am the least likely to fail. I may fail in these other ways, but I'll never fail in that way. Watch and pray. Spend time with Jesus. Let him teach you to pray. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Amen. Brother Chris, if you would come. This morning I tell you, you cannot afford to be prayerless. You cannot afford to be prayerless. You cannot afford to not be drawn to prayer. You can't afford to be sleepy. Notice that these disciples were sleepy. They were tired. There was a natural weakness in them. Jesus knew that this weakness was in them. Jesus knew that they didn't know how to pray. But he was telling them, it's time to learn to pray. And I've had people tell me, well, pastor, I try to pray, but I don't know what to say. And I get bored and I get distracted. Well, so did I when I got saved. But I had to learn to pray. I had to press in. I had to let the Holy Ghost teach me how to pray. I had to let the voice of Jesus resound in my heart not as I will but as thou wilt I had to let the Lord teach me how to pray and I say to you it's time to learn to pray now Peter and James and John they didn't know how to resist they didn't know how to watch they didn't know how to pray but Jesus invited them in come and pray come and seek the Father with me come and get the strength of the Lord so that you don't give in come and see the enemy coming on the horizon so that you're not caught off guard and I say to you this morning you need to learn to watch and pray 
You need to let the Lord speak to your heart. Temptations abound. Opportunities to fail abound. Opportunities to lose a marriage abound. Opportunities to walk away from the Lord abound. Opportunities to destroy what God is building in your life abound. Opportunities to grow cold abound. Opportunities to not be what Jesus has called you to be abound. Opportunities to remain who you are instead of going forward with Jesus abound. But so does the opportunity to follow Jesus. So does the opportunity to hear His voice. Before the temptation ever came, Jesus was speaking to them. Before the temptation ever came, Jesus was preparing their heart. Come and pray with me. Come and get alone with me. Come and let me share my heart with you. And I say to you this morning, Jesus would speak to you and say, come and pray. Come and watch with me. Come and seek my face. This morning, you can't afford to think I'll pray another time. You can't afford to think, well, I don't feel moved to pray. When neither did Peter, James, and John. You can't say, I want to pray, but I'm tired. I'm ready for this service to close. I'll pray later. No, you won't. You can't say, Lord, my heart, I think I'm safe and secure. So did they. You can't afford to ignore the Lord. You can't afford to not prepare your heart. I ask you this morning. Would you seek Jesus and let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart? Would you let Him minister to you and prepare you for the temptation? Will you let Him prepare you for the hour that's coming? Will you let Him teach you to say, Father, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. I invite you this morning to come in this altar or turn around in your chair. You do whatever you have to do, but you seek the face of the Lord this morning. And I tell you this morning, there's a solemn warning in my heart. You don't let those who are sleepy keep you from praying. If you're trying to pray and people behind you are talking about the buffet or talking about the game or talking about whatever, you don't let them stop you. You let James and John sleep if they want to, but you stay awake. You let Peter sleep if he wants to, but you stay awake. You don't let the coldness of other people make you cold. You let the thermometer of the Holy Ghost tell you if you're cold or hot and let him raise your temperature. Let him make you hot in the Lord. Let him make you burn for the power of God and burn for the things of the Lord. Let the Lord do a work in your heart this morning. Lord Almighty, we need you. You must come and prepare us, Lord. Lord, the word's been given to us to tell us to be ready. Lord, I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want my relationship with you to be strained. I don't want to give in. Lord, I ask you to teach us to awake. There is a spirit of drowsiness over the church. There is a spirit of drowsiness over this nation. The world would woo us to sleep. The world would rock us to sleep. It would sing a lullaby to our flesh. Come and be tired. Come and be sleepy. There's no reason to wake. There's no reason to seek His face. There's no reason to seek His embrace. You can sleep away. You don't have to worry. You don't have to learn to pray today. You can learn tomorrow. You don't have to pray not as I will, but as thou wilt. God will bless your self-will. Oh, and put us to sleep. It would sing us a lullaby. It would promise us that everything will be okay. It will make excuses and tell us 
Jesus wouldn't let us be tempted. Jesus wouldn't let us fall. It'll tell us that we can do it as strong as we are now. We've got enough strength. We've got enough discernment. We don't need to get in the Word of God. We don't need to hear what the Word is speaking to us. It'll tell us we don't have to commune with the Father and let Him strengthen our hearts. It'll tell us there's no temptation. Don't worry. Just go to sleep. You'll be fine. You're excused. Your flesh is tired. You're excused. You're weary. You're excused. You don't have to be that spiritual. You don't have to be extreme like other men are extreme. All those people trying to put on the light, all those people trying to work while it's day, that's just law, that's just legalism, that's just religious people. You don't have to walk with Jesus. What you have is enough. Oh God, oh God, let us be warned of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let us discern that spirit of the world that comes to lie to us. God Almighty, teach us, God. Teach us to hear your voice. Let us hear the alarm of the Holy Ghost saying the night is far spent. It's time to work. For the hour's coming when no man can work. God Almighty, teach us to redeem the times for the days are evil. Come and have your way in us, Lord. Have your way, Jesus.